Ohio people with Mennonite views, and they're gonna give us some missional news. Ohio Conference Cast. You are listening to Ohio Conference Cast, a podcast dedicated to sharing missional stories and other information about Ohio Mennonite Conference. Here are your hosts, Thomas Dunn and Bill Seymour. Hello and welcome everyone to Ohio Conference Cast. This is Thomas. And I am Bill. And we are here with Ralph Reinford. He's our regional pastor. Well, he's one of our regional pastors. He is our. He is our, yes, for our part of the world. And the western part of the world, way out there in the hinterlands, they get Cliff Brubaker. Welcome, Ralph. Well, thank you. And and welcome back. You may may remember Ralph from earlier podcasts, such as A Day in the Life of Ralph. <laughs> and A Day in the Life of Ralph Part 2. That, well, we're, we're looking for like a half a year in the life of Ralph because we want to hear about a sabbatical. Half a year? Quarter year. Quarter year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, I should say, first of all, thanks for allowing me to have some time off. And it seems like a long time ago because I've already been back six weeks. <laughs> wow, has it been six weeks already? I'm sure it's been a yeah. light six weeks. You can just ease into it gently and, and pick up what you want. Right. Yeah. It's not so much. Um, <laughs> actually, I came back uh, the first weekend. We did the uh, new pastor orientation thing. So I had to jump right in. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, before we jump into all the things you're doing now in a day in the life of Ralph, we want to hear about the sabbaticals. Give us some a summary, what you did, where you went, who you saw, what you read, all those things. Surfing, dancing. <laughs> yeah. All in 20 minutes, huh? Yeah. yeah right. Oh, uh, well. Well, I did have three months, so May, June, and July, and I started out with a bang. Uh, my son and daughter-in-law are building a house in Harrisonburg, Virginia, so I spent the first 10 days down there pounding uh, nails. Hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. That? Habitat Reinford. <laughs> Good. <laughs> was that cathartic to be able to do something with your it hands? And, yeah, and yeah. I had the privilege of talking my brother and brother-in-law into uh, going with me. So there was three of us, and nice. we don't get the chance to work together very much. So hmm. it was fun, just uh, family relations. Yeah, yeah. cool. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. So after, yeah, after a couple, 10 days down there, I came home, and uh, then my my wife, of course, had a long list of things to do around the house. Ah, yes, the honeydew list. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, so I tackled that. It's kind of nice to be able to check off a number of those things yeah. and did a little painting, and actually, two years ago, I built a she shed for her, a garden shed, which I was able to finish hmm. uh, during the end of May. So cool. she she shed, that's like S-H-E yeah. dash shed. Yeah. So it's for her only? Is that Yeah, how, for her so only. So no men allowed okay. in no a garden man. shed. Yeah. All right, yeah. cool. So then that was in pretty much the month of May, and then I got ready for a trip to Botswana. Because our daughter and son-in-law are with Mennonite Mission Network in Francistown, Botswana. Middle of the month, we planned a trip, and that we meaning my wife doesn't like to travel, so we went. I went with my son and daughter-in-law and their two kids, hmm, my wow. two grandkids. Great, and we had a a great, wonderful trip. To hmm. uh, flew from New York to Johannesburg. Besides a grueling airplane ride, 
Uh, yeah, I think every, you said it was 18 hours in the air. It's crazy. All yeah. in one flight. Well, wow. you know, yeah. with the time changes, it's really yeah. hard to know yeah. exactly how long it was. Yeah. Yeah. It all seemed like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everything went well, and uh, we spent 12 days in Botswana, and uh, it was a, a great time. Hmm. Cool. And while we were there, not only did we get to meet some of their friends and checked out the work that they're doing with the Mother Teresa Recreational Center. They're basically doing community development work. Mm-hmm. We also spent two nights on a rhino reservation and got to see uh, probably 25 different species of animals wow. uh, in the wild. And it's winter there, so it was kind of crazy. It got down to about 45 in the morning, and that was hmm. really cold. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds really nice about yeah, that. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah. So uh, that, and we got to visit a crocodile farm and a number of other uh, wildlife refuges uh, in, in Botswana. So uh, it was a really diversion from our American way of life to see how they live in Africa mm-hmm. and uh, found out that we do enjoy some of the food that they they mm-hmm. eat. It's really a pleasure to meet the uh, the people they're working with, to see the appreciation they have for mission workers mm-hmm. and uh, how how they can work together at, at projects. Cool. So, what else did you do on your sabbatical? Well, I did get some time to rest and read, especially after I came back and I was worn out being an old man. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, It takes its toll to do some traveling like that, and I did uh, spend some time reading because I enjoy reading. Well, one of the things I found out in traveling is that all the books that I bought on Amazon, I could pull up on my phone right. and reread. Right. Mm. And so I got to reread books like Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership by Ruth Haley Barton, under Construction, Reframing Man's Spirituality, Brayton's book. And so I got to read some of that while I was sitting in the airplane. Nice. Uh, so was that sort of the theme of your reading, books that inspired and reset and rested? And If you knew me, you would say, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but one of the other books that I read that I was really uh, delighted with is uh, Benedict Option, which is a strategy for Christians in a post- Christian nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. I don't know if any of you have picked that one up, but Rod Dreyer, or however he says his name, argues that the church has lost its way and that we really need to pull back and find ourselves and discover again who we are. Actually, it calls us to community. It sounds like an old Mennonite kind of approach <laughs> to living, mm-hmm. but uh, he's really making the uh, circuit right now of mm-hmm. pushing his book and his his thinking on the bigger scale of the big denominations, but the Presbyterians and Episcopalians. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. So are those going to be required readings for all your, uh, the people under your authority in Ohio Conference? Authority, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he did mention the Benedict option at Pastor Peer yeah. the other day. <laughs> Though, yeah, you, you 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 know the one you missed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> so it probably won't be required reading, but I, I do recommend that. It is good food for thought. I love to discuss it with some people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing that as sort of a sideline is my sister is battling with breast cancer, and uh, Rod's uh, sister 
died of breast cancer recently. And so he has a second book out. It's called The Little Way of Ruthie Lemming. Hmm. And it's uh, just an easier read, but it talks about him leaving the little town in Louisiana and moving to the big city of Washington, D.C., Mm-hmm. And she's staying put and becoming a school teacher, and then part of her life and death, uh, how people rallied around her after she died and her family, and it's just a whole interesting uh, read on family and choices you make. And uh, mm. he he ended up moving back to Louisiana to be close to uh, his family. Then, so oh, nice. I won't give it the rest away. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else from your sabbatical? We got time to Virginia, to Africa, to what you've read. I'm sure we could fill up multiple podcasts, but any other snippets before we jump into what life has been like back in Ohio Conference? Well, I think it was interesting just to have a time to to relax and reflect, uh, to understand that life isn't only about the role that you're filling as a pastor or a regional pastor. That was good, but I think all said and done, I started getting lonely at the end, <laughs> and I thought, boy, it's time to get back to work, and yeah, I well, think it, it made me appreciate the relationships I have with the pastors and the work that God's called me to do in an Ohio conference. Yeah. Um, so some of our listeners might not be familiar with the idea of sabbatical and the benefits of sabbatical. Thomas and I spend a fair amount of time with Ralph. We live near each other. We see each other at Pastor Pier. We podcast him occasionally. Just looking at Ralph after sabbatical, he has an edge back in his eyes. Uh, he has energy in his voice and in his step again. He was visibly tired before he left. I think we need to all understand that, not just for you, but for all of our staff in Ohio Conference, this last four or five years has been very difficult. And there's been a lot of added roles and pressures put on everybody. I'm surprised that people noticed I was tired. <laughs> You're not the first one that told me yeah, that. Well, <laughs> uh, but it, it obviously was showing on me. But I think the plug I would put in for sabbaticals is that we do teach or preach uh, having healthy congregations and healthy mm-hmm. pastors. And I think a sabbatical is a good way of allowing our pastors particularly to uh, get some time away. It is in our covenant of understanding. Most of us sign that every year. Right. And uh, yet I would encourage congregations to think about setting money aside so that they can allow their pastor to take a sabbatical after the fourth year and eighth year and twelfth year. I think that's a good thing for us to uh, set an example of what's really important in life and how we stay healthy. Sure. Yeah. Good. And any questions anyone has about how to make all of that happen, just contact Ralph. <laughs> or Cliff, if you're in the West. Or Cliff, if you're in the West. That's right. And I probably would refer you to the website and <laughs> say, there's a policy in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, Thomas, let's take a commercial break. All right. Commercial break. We usually That means this is brought to you by cluster meetings <laughs> and pastor meetings. Yeah. So we want to uh, remind everybody to look in the show notes. The, the fall cluster meetings, that's where all the delegates are invited to gather in the fall, are in the show notes. They're also in the perspective. So look at that. There's four different dates, and there's four different locations across the state of Ohio. Attend cluster. And if your eyes are big wondering what is a show note, 
Those are the printed words that come in your <laughs> podcast app that announcing our podcast. Yes. And one final date that will be in the next perspective is that November 8th, we have an all-pastors meeting scheduled. It's going to be in Upper Sandusky, Ohio. We've done this in a pattern of doing this a couple times a year. And so the first one is scheduled for November 8th. It'll be all day, Upper Sandusky, Ohio at the library. So all pastors in the world? All Ohio Conference pastors. I'm not sure if we say credentialed pastors, credentialed people. I don't know. Look in the show notes. The show notes seem to know everything. (laughs) Judy's going to be upset with us. (laughs) All right. Back to the show. So we've had a whirlwind four or five years in conference. We wore out our regional pastors. You've gone off and had a sabbatical coming back refreshed. So what, and in the meantime, a new conference minister has been selected and has not started yet until January. I believe officially he's starting one day a week. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, and that may ramp up to two days a week. I'm not sure on the, the details, but January he begins full-time. Okay. For those who uh, missed our last podcast, Dick Barrett is our conference minister's name. He comes out of the Oak Grove Church in West Liberty. West Liberty. Yeah, that's it. So all of that has happened. You come back. What have you found in Ohio Conference since you've arrived? Well, it's it's hard to believe that we've been without a conference minister for about three years. Some of us has sort of filled in the gap, but... Uh, the conference minister really is the cornerstone to our structure. And so instead of trying to overload the conference minister as he comes in, I think we're going to have the challenge of clarifying our roles and figuring out who's doing what right. mm-hmm. and what we may uh, be able to cut out of, right. of all the workload that we have it's because – the two regional pastors will be half-time, too, come January. Mm-hmm. And that'll be a change from they were time and a half, full, full-time full and one full and one half prior, right? Yeah. And prior to that, it was two full, and some years ago, it was three full. And at this point, I don't know what I'll be doing with my other half-time. There'll be plenty of time to figure that out yet. <laughs> yeah. Clint, well, we know you'll have to practice healthy boundaries because the conference will fill up that half-time for you but only pay you half-time. So. Right. You'll have to model for the rest of your pastors how to (laughs) say no when appropriate. Yep. Yeah, Cliff is a little ahead of me in that regard. He's going to be starting halftime at Zion here in October 1st. Where he had previously been quarter time. Right. Right, yeah. Okay. So he'll have his uh, days pretty well outlined, and I'll probably do somewhat of the same, say which two days I may not be available. Right. Mm -hmm. Good. Good. And the last time we we podcasted you, a big part of your job is pastoral searches. Mm-hmm. So were there a number of those waiting for you when you got back? Is that? Fortunately, yeah. yeah. Fortunately. Right. Fortunately. <laughs> well. <laughs> well, yeah. It seemed like there's quite a few things that were waiting, but not bad. I mean, not unreasonable. And so I'm finding it interesting. I'm probably walking with four uh, new persons who are in the pipeline for being credentialed. Uh, so that that's fun to work with them and walk with them. And then I uh, started transition at Berlin Mennonite. Uh, we're, we're just starting with a transitional pastor there, so mm-hmm. they got him on board. Mm-hmm. And uh, working with a search group at Maple Grove in Hartville. So they're in full swing of looking for actually two pastors. Wow, okay. 
And as I look ahead, I think we'll probably have, I think Cliff has four or five on the West, and I'll probably have similar workload here in the East in terms of looking for new pastors. So I anticipate eight to 10 pastors we'll need in this coming year. Well, do you think that'll happen through the reshuffling of deck chairs, or will that bring new people into Ohio Conference or new leaders risen up out of congregations? I think it'll happen both ways, but, okay. or three ways. But I think it is a time for us as congregations to uh, think more intentionally about tapping on the shoulder, calling people from within the congregation. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that I've been saying that seminaries aren't making pastors because congregations aren't sending them. Mm-hmm. That and it's a whole new day. I think um, up at Lee Heights in Cleveland, Hardy is an elder in the church, but she senses a call in her life to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. And so she'll be the first one graduating from Easter Mennonite uh, this coming spring with an MDiv degree. So wow. first online degree for Easter Mennonite. I oh, believe. wow. Wow. Nice. So I guess I'm I'm saying it's encouraging congregations to do more of that. Right. You mm-hmm. know. Right. Mm-hmm. So isn't there a ministry inquiry program? Yeah, there is, and I think uh, it happens for mostly college age students. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. But we are we are sort of picking up on the journey program at AMBS and also the steps program at Eastern Mennonite which are two programs where lay people can get two or three years of training and not leave home. And it's like one weekend a month or a couple weekends a quarter or something, right? right? I think yeah, they only some have online work and two or three trips to the yeah. seminary itself. Yeah, okay. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. So, Ralph, you've had rest and refreshment and you're, you're back and kind of reconnected with the congregations uh, and people that you need to. So... What do you see coming up in the next little while that excites you about a hot conference? Well, some of you who have hung around with me know that I have been very excited about a lot of young pastors that are coming into the conference. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the greatest things is just to know that God's still calling leaders uh, and that they are, I think they're exceptional. I don't know if I'm getting old and dull, but I just realized that they are really gifted, they're exciting, and I hope we can keep them engaged and challenged to really help them get up to speed in terms of just pastoring mostly trend, um, legacy congregations. Thank you, Ralph, for another interview. Thank you for all the leadership you provide for Ohio Conference, and we're looking forward to working with you in the future. Thanks, Bill, for your co-hosting job, and thank you, Norm, for making us sound listenable. Listenable, that's it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thanks for having me. Ohio people with men and I views, and they're going to give us some missional news. Thank you for listening to another edition of Ohio Conference Cast. We would love to hear from you. Our email is ohioconferencecast at gmail.com. Ohio Conference Cast is brought to you by the Ohio Conference Leadership Team, along with Norm Sohar, sound engineer, Megan Sohar, voiceover, Ann Lehman, publisher, 
and our many guests and listeners.